Oh man, thank you for 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 being here for for part two of Game of the Year 2022. It's your boy Chris back with Fraud, James, yeah. Elena. We are here to, to talk about the best of the best of 2022. All of these games that are are being mentioned, like we said in the last episode, it's uh these are all games that you should just check out. These are all great games. If it's on sale, pick it up. If it's um. I don't know if you can get it for free through Game Pass or like any other service. Try it out. But let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, we're gonna jump back into. We're actually gonna go ahead and list the net, like the I guess the games that are left from from the bloodbath of uh, part one. Uh, Rob, what's yeah. what's left? Okay, so we've got Sifu, Rogue Legacy two. Marvel's Midnight Suns, uh, God of War Ragnarok, Neon White, Metal Hellsinger, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Elden Ring, uh, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, Stray, Vampire Survivors, Norco, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pentiment, Nobody Saves the World, Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Citizen Sleeper, and Cult of the Lamb. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit. We're gonna I, we're gonna go ahead and pick out five that for sure are part of our Game of the Year top ten. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, we'll sort of like deliberate on who fills in the last five spots. So once again, um, you know, this is not in any order, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I feel I feel like I could go on a whim and say that Vampire Survivors for sure is like top ten. I would agree with that statement. I can agree with that. I'll agree with the group. All right, so um, since these are like ones that we sort of know, I guess we don't really have mm-hmm. to really dive into like why we feel that way, and we'll sort of talk about that while we're like you know doing the order. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, another one I feel like would be a uh, like for sure that's going to be there, Elden Ring. Yeah, it looks like yep. it's already been moved. Yes, yes. <laughs> I figured it wasn't even worth talking about. <laughs> Let's just do it. Yeah. Um. I would beg to put Sifu in there. Mm, I feel like Roddy, you, you, you I, I reservations on that. Yeah, I hear him. no, I, I no, uh, no, I don't have like a huge issue with that. Like, uh, I do think it's like in the upper percent. Like of what we have left, I think it's it's in the upper percentile. Um, by the way, I'm hearing a little echo, slight echo. By the way, I don't know from who. Um, but let's see how it looks. Let's see how Sifu looks up there. Uh, Elena, are there any objections to that? I didn't play it, but I've just seen what other people say around that. It's, it's good, but there are some issues with some gameplay, uh, mechanics and things like that. Yeah. I sort of tried to detail that in our last conversation. Um, I'm slightly hesitant, but I'm not like gonna fight too hard about it. Like at right this second, let's see how it looks up there, though. Like let's let's get it moved okay. to the the top ten. Oh, how do you guys feel about Norco being up there? I don't have enough to stand on to say yes or no. To be honest with you, because I because I've played I've played some of it and I I enjoy the the, the parts that I've played. Mm-hmm. I'm and I know, and, and I know this yeah. is something that Rod. I think didn't you say this is one of the ones that you've like 
you had a really good time with this year? I loved Norco. I think Norco is one of the is probably the best narrative game that I played last year. Like, I wouldn't say by far because I think there are some. I think there are a couple other games on here that give it some competition, but like it is, I think it's the most atmospheric game that I've played this year for sure. Um, uh, this is, sorry, I, I sort of talked about it last time um, about sort of the themes that it tackles and and how it's a depiction, a very unique depiction of the South specifically. Uh, we don't see that very often in video games, um, and. It's made with a, a with a love and a grit and a humor that is just I feel like incomparable to every other game on on this list. Uh, I think it's the strongest narrative thing with the strongest some of the strongest character work all year. Um, and, and again, in a year that I think narrative games were very very strong, uh, narrative focused games. Anyway, um, I'm cool with that. I, I'm cool with the top ten, with it making top ten. Um, you know, but again, you I sound, think you sound surprised that I actually like recommended it. Well, yeah, I am to be honest. Like, it just isn't. I mean, everyone on this. Sh- I, the thing I like about this show is that everyone like plays. I think everyone, most of us, dabble in like everything, or at least like a lot of things. And but I, I do know that like the type of game that Norco is like you know most of you don't play a lot of it so it's kind of a hard ask for me to be like hey believe me when i say this thing is awesome um but the fact that you gave it a shot chris and you say you said that you seem to really enjoy it or at least you're able to discern it's something that i'm gonna go back to and finish yeah yeah like i mean there's that sequence with the cat that just had me in hysterics like um you you're in you go to the shop like really early on and uh this is a, a game that's super wacky and irreverent and has some like really bizarre humor in it and and i'm not someone who like plays a lot of funny games i think comedy games are very difficult to do uh psychonauts 2 was was extremely funny but it was like one of the few games that actually made me laugh and, and norco uh did several times and, and there's a sequence where you go to the shop and this lady has a cat on the, her counter and you can interact in this game you can interact with things you have like a little cursor functioning i guess as you as the player as your hand i guess and you can like choose to pet the cat and as you pet the cat like the owner is telling you hey like that's cool once or twice but like you might not want to like keep touching the cat you know and but you but you the player can keep petting the cat and, and and interacting with it and the more you interact with it the more it acts like really strange and it starts like getting hearts in its eyes like it's really enjoying what's happening and and me as a player i'm thinking like this is weird like i don't know what's happening but i got i've, I've gone too far i have to see where this ends of course. um and you the the owner is like continuing to warn you like please fucking stop petting the cat like legitimately that's what she's like practically yelling at you to stop fucking with her cat um and eventually you pet the cat so much uh what is it chris is it like you do some sort of like mini game or something with it like it yeah some sort of like mini game that you have to do so it's it's, it's not even something like along the lines of like you're just like, hitting a button to interact with it oh you, yeah you you consciously have to like play like this like i think it's like a memory game yeah it's like a memory game yeah and, yeah yeah so like you have to complete that to you know get like i guess trigger this cutscene. so it's not, yeah it's not, it's not something that like oh like you could have accidentally done it like you know it's something 
well-intentioned yeah exactly like the player is is very like you 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 have deliberately done this and by the end of it you've completed all the the games the mini games with the cat and the cat launches itself into the air through the roof breaks like through the ceiling and the owner no will no longer talk to you and says i told you to stop fucking with the cat why the fuck did you do that and now you can no longer talk to that character. And I actually looked it up later. That character actually gives you pertinent information that can help you later on. Um, oh, but but I did not. Do you screw yourself by doing that? Uh, no, there's other ways to get to, to that. Um, it just kind of expedites a, a dis- discovery of certain information. Um, and helps you along. But but it can. it's not like super anything crazy missable or anything. But that was a shopkeeper you said, right? yeah it, it is not in like the game mechanic sense okay. but just narratively yeah yeah um and so it's just moments like like weird moments like that and i'm gonna spoil something very light here uh but there's a character a detective named leblanc and he is like such a piece of shit like he is a, a, a total asshole who is very like he's very exploitative um but he is hilarious and 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 you find out that like you know he he does mean well uh in this dumpy town like he he has good intentions uh, there's one point where you team up with him uh and and do some investigating and at one point you're like in his office and i think it's i think you like find some makeup and find out that he basically like he moonlights as like a juggalo or something and he has like this clown makeup that you can actually have him put on and he will wear it for the entirety of the rest of the game basically and other characters will comment on it and like on and about him about why he has this makeup on and it's just like these weird moments that give these characters such uh like dimension to them because there's actual like legit reasons why he feels like like he can do this and it's he's comfortable in it and it's totally it's weird out of context but like in context with this particular person like it totally makes sense and i just appreciate that kind of writing that really gives the player uh sort of agency and you don't find that stuff if you don't explore around the environment um and the way that the game rewards you is just so interesting in in that regard so yeah um i love norco <laughs> uh yeah so we're just, we're just gonna move that up to the top 10 there we go yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see how that one looks for right now were, are, were there any other games that people that like people really felt strong about like this this is now like the time to yes <laughs> to, to speak up if you if you have like a this is a wild to me that no one's mentioned ragnarok yet i am ready to cut it to be honest like I, I think this should be a cut game. I can go fifty fifty on it. Yeah, I've I've no like horse in this race for that. Hmm. It's it's good. It's it's good, but I think you said it, James, last week, like, you know, it's it is just another one of those. Like it it it's not pushing it does the thing that it do, it does well. Right. But I think in a year, again, of a lot of experiences that did push the envelope, I think there are ten when I look at the rest of this list, there are ten better games, or at least games that have were more interesting to me like it's fine as far as like a sony big budget you know blockbuster thing they they made one of those and they did it well but i just don't know if that's enough like i don't know the marvel movie of gaming i think they've been doing that for like the past few years yeah oh no yeah i mean but 
but I mean, it's it's fine. It's perfectly enjoyable. It doesn't doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, in yeah. a cut, in a cut here doesn't mean it's bad. It's lasted this long, you know. Right, but if we're not careful, or we it could be like number nine or ten. He told me the most perfect thing uh, right before he came out. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm like listen, like I think I I found like an audio book and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I can like listen to it at work or something like that, or like while I'm playing the game or something along the lines before the game comes out. And you were like, well, you know. You shouldn't really do that because it's more so you're doing you're gonna be doing the same thing right like right over again like you're, you're mm-hmm. doubling down, and that's that's like the consensus I've gotten about this. Yeah. Game. So once again, like that's not a a slight at the game. It's just you know. Mm. I, I don't want. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be I'll be blunt. I don't think I want Ragnarok to take a slot on here. Like there are ten better or more interesting games on this list. All right. Ooh, all right, so Ragnarok is cut. Here we go. So, any other games? Any other games stand out? We got Vampire Souls, Elder Ring. I got one if no one wants to say nothing. Actually, I'm I'm gonna make a cut. Actually, I'm gonna make a cut. Okay. Um, I think it's time to say goodbye to Mario and Rabbits 2. Um, I love this game. I love this game so much. Um, it is definitely a game I would put on like my bottom five uh, for like in my personal list for sure. It's it's one of the best tactical games I've played uh, in some time. Um, I think it's just like Ragnarok, though. I think there are other games I want to try to get on the on the top ten. I'm going to guess that you're also speaking of pen, uh, Pentiment. Oh, as far as like ones that I would like to see up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I would love to see, I would love to see Pentiment up there. I would love to see Citizen Sleeper up there, and I'm 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 prepared to give my monologues on those. But uh, we don't have to move them quite yet. But um, yeah, there are other games that I would like to see. You were really in like no, we can put those two up there, RPG and that'll be the five. Hold on, I, sorry, both of you were talking. I didn't catch that. Go ahead, Elena. I was gonna say we could just put those two up there as part of the five, and then we could talk about the other ones. Well, let's. I appreciate that, Elena. That's like an alley oop that uh, I should be dunking, but I'm going to. Um, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> gonna hold on for just a second. Okay. Uh, uh, let me. Let's go ahead and cut Mario and Rabbits, though. Like def- definitely, let's definitely do that. All right. Um. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. I oh go ahead go ahead James. I'm trying to think of what needs to go up there, but I know it can definitely come down. Um, I'm going for Scarlet and Violet again. Sorry, I can't let it. All happen. right, then I'll go for the other Pokemon game too. We could both have Pokemon. Get him up out. What the fuck? Yeah. Get him up out of here. What the fuck? Judge a double homicide. <laughs> Handshook, like, all right, no okay. Pokemon games. Okay, okay, for 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 real though, was this discussed prior to the show? No, like, no. We, we have not spoken since the last recording. How you nope. doing, Elena? Doing good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we both agree that it's on our list, but we don't think it should be on there together because it would make Rod very angry. Well, I mean, I don't think that's the okay. Well, hold on, wait, wait, <laughs> hold on, wait, well, well, I do not want to be the catalyst for that. Oh no, no, um, no, no. That no was, but uh, they did it to like, themselves. Game Freak knows what they didn't do. Yeah, they know yeah. what they did. Um, there's oh. some gameplay things I dislike with Arceus, like 
uh, as someone who prefers to just collect them all and complete that Pokedex, I did not like their way of doing that. That's... But I do appreciate the art style of it. And I feel like some of those side quest missions are a little hard. Like trying to find, what was it, the, the biggest... Uh, one of the early ones, like the biggest... Uh, oh, the Buizel. Buzzle. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I know I exactly like, what you're talking about. That thing. Are you fucking kidding me? That but sucked. I do like some of the things that they've like started doing. But then again, I do like the story of uh, Pokemon Scarlet a little bit more, and I do like some of the new things that they're finally trying to do. So I can appreciate both, and I do like the art style of Arceus a little bit more than Violet, but I do like Violet more than Arceus. But they both going home. Yeah, they're yeah. both they're both going home into the box. Yep. Wow, I expected a much longer conversation around those games. That's very surprising. That's the shocking moment of the of the deliberation <laughs> I am so totally far. Totally willing to give up our excuse if we can get rid of Scarlet and Violet because there's no way yep. I can let that slide. Oh my god! No way. Same way. Same way. Same way with the opposite. Okay. Fair. Fair. Um, Chris, you said like five minutes ago you had something. Oh. Um. Let's see. It, it, you could, it could be like cut or it could be something to try to move up potentially. Uh, oh, so, all right. And I, th- I think this is just me being me. But let's go ahead and cut straight. I'm down with that. I'm, I'm so down with that. Oh, is anyone not? Like, seriously, is anyone objecting to that? Okay, hold on. Let me see what else we got left because I would definitely keep you. Okay, you, you, you. I can go either way with Stray. I think it's a very, very cute game mm-hmm. where your main character is not your typical main character. It's a silent protagonist, as you would say. Yeah, literally a feline. <laughs> but I do like the world that it's trying to build. Yeah, I actually like had a the... lot of fun trying to find things in that game. Yeah. And like each little alley and room has its own little like they have their own personalities these robots do and you can scratch things that's true Super fun. yeah i'll probably check it out at some point like i was interested in doing it i didn't get a chance to unfortunately but it's i mean a from very short game it's like yeah three or four hours long i love to hearing that so yeah uh judging from what you all say i'm fine with cutting it um and it doesn't sound like we have a lot of support for that let's see here yeah. Brad, okay. do you want to cut Neon White just because of how bad the story is? Whoa, whoa, oh yeah. Uh, no. In fact, I would actually like to put it up in the top ten. Uh, oh, okay. Because I was like, the only saving grace for it is the spectacular gameplay, but I think that story is fucking trash. I mean, it's, the story is, okay, so the thing is, the story is absolute garbage, but like, the story is also not like why you are playing it. Yeah, it's no, not important. that's why I said it's, that that's why I said it has such great gameplay, but yeah. like that's one half of it. Like the other half is gonna be listening to these characters meander. So what you're and saying is Tom Tom isn't enough of a reason to, to, to uh, No, I don't think so. I don't think Tom is is enough. Uh, Spike Spiegel can't save this thing. Um 
so well i mean at least not the story but but yeah i mean it's so easily skippable like you could just hit what a start or some shit and it will just immediately skip everything mm-hmm. uh so it's not even like the story is not a problem it's so it's such a minuscule part of that game like you could totally just have that experience simply be the levels it's very very easy to do that you're not like it's not like i know we've already killed it but it's not like ragnarok where you know there is no option to skip cutscenes. so good luck with the new game plus on that one um oh, yeah i i would counter that by saying that i feel like metal hell singer i had more fun playing that though like oh see uh, oh yeah go ahead go ahead but, but i also feel like that's because i added that music aspect which I, I, at least for me right now like it's a thing that i'm enjoying it's like mm-hmm. it's like this uh, music hybrid games mm-hmm. so yeah i, I i'm I, I I like Neon White, but I like Metal yeah. Singer a little bit more. Is there space I, for both in the top? Yeah, but that's exactly where like it's a, a stack list. I I'm, I thought about that today. Actually, I thought about the different ways I might have to kill Metal Hell Singer. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, no I'm, I'm i'm kind of kidding but i did really i did genuinely think about this game a lot today um and that may have been because i was playing a lot of hi-fi rush too but but you know metal health singer is great and and you'd make, bring up a good point it's the the experience is far more integrated into the the music than neon white is neon white's music is is fantastic but it's more it's background it's meant as like something to kind of help you get through the levels not something that gets you through the levels you know mm-hmm. um yeah i uh, oh man can we can we i, I don't want to like all right so i'm gonna suggest something here Uh-oh. not to not to avoid you know metal health singer conversation for too long mm-hmm. but i think how do, are we feeling like shredder's revenge is top 10 here I like that game a lot, but I just don't. I don't know. Hmm. I I would be willing to lose it if there's support behind that. I'm I'm willing to cut it too. I, I guess so can... I can see Metal Hell Singer. I see I see the sights <laughs> on it right now. You know, I gotta check it. All right, that's fine. We can oh, I mean, GM, did you, did you, did you, well, uh, did you, uh, did, did you want to keep that or are I, you I fine? Mean, I think part of it is the nostalgia talking to me, but I'm looking at the other games that I know that you were going to want to fight for and there are other fish that I want to keep. We can, okay. we can drop shredders. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I got that one. I got that one. Um, oh boy. Uh, okay, so what do we have? We have, um, let's see. Yeah, Rogue Five, Legacy. Six, you know what? Oh, we need to cut two more. That's it. Just two more games. I think we could technically cut Rogue Legacy because I'm pretty sure I just had like a port. <laughs> the actual game Wait, came what out in 2020. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, or was it like a version one though? Like, was it an early access and it released this year? Because that would be valid. Mm, let's see. Let me make sure. And I just realized that I had cut some games and didn't paste them down to eliminated. Um. Okay. If you yeah, remember what they cut are, two, and I forgot what the second one was. Was it immortality? Immortality. Yes. Already down there. Yeah, it's already down there. Okay. Full release in April 2022. Okay, we're good. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so we're we're looking for two games to lose here. What's so important about 
Midnight Suns that needs to be up there. I just think it was a really fun twist on the tactical um, gameplay that Fraxis is known for. And um, the card battling system was really fun and unique. The The dialogue was really cheesy. Like, it's it's kind of funny to see these characters in those, like, awkward, almost schoolhouse situations. But at the same time, it was really endearing and fun. And you get to pet the dog. Hmm. Do you love me some dogs? I do. But you know what? Let me see here. We got Sifu, Elden Ring, Vampire Survivors. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Okay, yeah. We can cut Midnight Suns. I see a top ten. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll get that. Oh, you got that one, too? Yeah, All I got right. you. Um, okay. One game left to lose. Oh, so we got one more to cut before top 10? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so I'm trying to... Yeah, my computer's freezing now. Um, what's something that's on this list that we really haven't talked about yet? I mean, we've talked about everything at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think at this point it's just about more in-depth, passionate arguments that someone can make to save something. Um, I have not played... Rogue Legacy 2, Nobody Saves the World, or Cult of the Lamb. So I'm I'm relying solely on, I think, James on pretty much all those. Okay. And I think, Chris, for you, Nobody Saves the World. Yeah. Um, but I think Nobody Saves the, Nobody Saves the World, both me and James played. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. We both feel highly of it, right? Yeah, I think that's top 10 for sure. That, okay, is, so you guys that would... is the one of the three that I want to keep the most. Of the okay. three I want to keep the most, yeah. Yep. I've heard a lot of good things about that, too. So, we yeah, that can... We don't. We don't have to kill that one. Okay. Um, I honestly, Tam. So, Chris, is the one that you feel the most passionate about, like Metal Hellsinger? The most? Mm, yeah. I want to say that. Um, oh, then uh, cut it then. Oh, like I will. Oh, you don't feel passionate? About it? Fucking kill it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want. To, we shouldn't keep things that we just kind of feel lukewarm about. Like, nah, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed this game. I think hmm, that's tough. Because out of the stuff that I've played here, mm-hmm. like I just, I, I would, I, I, I love Metal Hellsinger. I didn't finish it, but it's not that long, and I will go back and and probably play that in the next week or so and finish it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I think it's my out of everything. It, it's the one I would cut. I think, like every other thing I've played, moved me deeply on some level. Mm-hmm. And Metal Hellsinger, it just it didn't do. It didn't give me that experience. It, it gave me a high in another way. Uh, like it was definitely. It's it's just a really super tight game uh, to play. Feels great. Um. And that's enough sometimes, but I don't know. So, so what does Neon White 
do over Metal Home Helsinki. It's the for me, it's the gameplay. It's it's one hundred percent the gameplay. I think it's that that I speed agree. run. It's that it's that speed running aspect of it mm-hmm. that I think puts puts it over the top for me. And and granted, I can't exactly put that against Metal Hellsinger because that's it's not a speed run type of of experience. Um, there is a, there are like kind of score multipliers, and I'm assuming challenge runs that you can make in that game uh that that make it more akin to a speed run but but neon white i think when 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 you get the right cards and you start like competing with like you know whether it's your friends or just randos on the leaderboard like that gets so addicting like in a way that like i'm not a traditionally a speed run guy i don't i could not give less of a shit about it but i i started to care with neon white um it made me immediately i almost never go back and boot up a game like as soon as the credits roll and just like play a bunch of stuff like you know play but like just go back to levels i've already done to try to get a higher score or whatever there's just something so addictive about it um and that really captured me throughout the whole experience um that's what puts it over for me i think it's having the um the leaderboard like right in your face at the end of the level because i definitely Mm -hmm. did that too where like i was like oh that was a good run and then seeing how either how like close or like how far back i really was mm-hmm. um and it got me to replay like uh some levels a couple of times so okay um, yeah i mean and, and and it's like it's it's one of those snappy things it's like uh you know my favorite platformers are always so snappy to get in super meat boy um celeste like you hit a button and boom you're right back in the action um yeah super hot yeah like all that stuff so i don't want to pick on metal Hellsinger like specifically chris like i would love to see it in a top 10 i just think the competition is very hard right now um and james you said you want to keep rogue legacy too i'm trying to decide between that and cult of the lamb because i feel like i can give up one of those and i, I feel, feel like okay. keep cult of the lamb just because it's i think it's i love the art style whenever i saw it on the um devolver Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, game show, and I wanted to get it, but I never got around to playing it's it. Just a fun little. Oh. So Atlanta actually made a good point there. Like that—that that was something when you were talking about Cult of the Lamb last time. You know, I think it's pretty impressive that they managed to sort of um, culminate all of these disparate gameplay elements, like farm sim and all this others and management resources and stuff like that like into something like make it into this atmosphere that is uh like charmingly dark um and that that's like really intriguing to me whereas rogue legacy 2 looks really awesome i love the first rogue legacy um but it i think you even said last week it was more of of that like more of the same type of game so i didn't Um, play the original rogue legacy but i'm I'm getting the feeling that's what it was yeah like well from what you described it seemed like it and what from what i've seen of, of the game it looked very similar i'm not saying that's a reason to cut it but mm-hmm. if you're trying to choose between those two i agree with alana i would rather see cult of the lamb up there okay and you know, i think that's fair because you know that being my first time with the uh that series those mechanics were new to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you're saying that it is a bit more of the same while it is executed really well that's fair mm-hmm. we can do that we can cut rogue legacy too and that'll be our top 10 Okay. All right. Can we get these? Um, can you guys move those for me? We're just going to go ahead and put this up here. All oh, right. God. The document I got too much. Oh, God. So while, so while that's happening, we can sort of talk about the, uh, I guess, yeah. some, some honorable mentions from like this eliminate, like the eliminated list. 
Yes. Um, Kirby and Forgotten Land. Uh, I I want to say Kirby's like been like on like a roll when it comes out to like when it comes out to like how his games have released and how yeah. solid they are each time. Uh, yes. You know that's that's a definite thing with this one too. Uh, Xenoblade Three. Um, I know uh, Elena, you said that this one was like way better than two. You right? Well, at least the very beginning, yes, it picks up a lot. Like the story picks up way better than two does. Two was such a fucking slog that I didn't even finish two. But I heard that the DLC for it was good, but I I still prefer one. But three is a really good um, sequel. One. Yeah, a sequel. What about you guys? Any any of them you want to shout out? Um, yeah, those are some good ones. Uh, we talked about a little bit about Mario and Rabbits too. It's 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 everything a sequel should be. Like it, it's it's a re- it's not just a refinement. They actually brought uh they they brought the the elements of um of like new things together. They made it seem like, like they didn't have to change the movement system at all. It could have just brought it all completely over from the first game. Um, they didn't do that. They actually made certain uh, changes that were really, really smart. And that's important to do for a sequel. Uh, I think immortality is worth shouting out too, because I think out of everything on this list, including the top 10, it's among the most interesting playing game that I've, I've ever interacted with. It's, it's, I just never played anything like that. Um, and if you can get over that initial, you know, hump of the first couple hours of, of unlocking clips and really dig into the meat of the story and kind of figure out like what it is and what it's trying to say, I think it, offers a really uh interesting insight into you know the main character and 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 how that narrative is deployed is just pretty nothing short of brilliant honestly i think the only reason i didn't fight for it harder is because um i felt some of the tedium a little too much but i I don't want that to detract or or dissuade anybody from from checking that game out it's really great uh james you have any uh, games you want to shout out you know i want to shout out tunic that one was one that came out and really pleasantly surprised me. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely love that aesthetic, that isometric look, the uh, the game manuals reminiscent of like NES cartridges and stuff like that. That was really fun. Um, but just the gameplay itself, very solid, very fun, concise. Like if you know somebody that's trying to get into video games or like you want an intro game, I feel like Tunic is a really good way to start that off. Yeah, I think we we said it last week too, but. I feel like if we had all played more of that game, it, it might be in the top 10, I think. Mm-hmm. What about you, Elena? Uh, Anyone? Um, I'll shout out Overwatch 2. I still enjoy playing Overwatch 2, but fuck, that that launch was not good. It was It was not ready, and I don't know why they weren't ready. It was just... Not very good. I do have a quick question, since you, for you and Roddy. So the biggest thing I heard about Overwatch Two before the game came out is that it's just Overwatch One Point Five. It's been a few months now. Does that still feel? Does that feel true? Does that feel unfair? Like, what do, what do you guys think? I would say it would be One Point Five if they still had Six v Six, but. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Elena. Finish your statement. But there's like 
still some things that are new and it seems like it's getting a lot more like they're back into um supporting it again and things like that and hopefully they don't drop it again within two years to make overwatch three or whatever my my take is that i, I never agreed with the overwatch 1.5 thing um but that being said i can absolutely see why people did say that if you were a, a relatively casual player of overwatch it does look like 1.5 and, and i see why but if you played it with regularity like like we did fairly hardcore about it it's pretty obvious that it it wasn't uh it was it wasn't a 1.5 like they actually made substantial changes to the engine they gave everyone um they they made some reworks they gave a lot of characters new properties um and you know introduced uh, some new elements the new mode like there was so much about it that did feel brand new but again my perspective is skew because i have like 1500 hours in the game or something like that so like i i've played a lot of this and you know even a smaller change you know for most people is probably going to be big for me um who scrutinizes that sort of thing so um yeah i mean i think the game feels great like balance wise it's great all the, the game isn't the issue really it's 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 i'm gonna say bungee um uh blizzard blizzard, blizzard. yeah it, it's really a blizzard thing um at this point and i think they're dealing with a lot of communication issues um obviously their workplace environment for the last couple of years has been in the public eye a lot yep. um so like it's it, it's it's tough it's all their issues are outside of like the game the gameplay uh so yeah and they they keep saying oh we're gonna communicate more communicate more but they'll go through spells of like not communicating anything for like a few weeks or up to like a couple months yeah it's it's better now like they they're they're communicating like on a on a more consistent basis but yeah i mean they're it's still not good enough in some aspects um you know they was under jeff whenever he was yeah whenever he was director yeah that's a whole other conversation but um yeah that's that's how we feel about that but yeah good shout out though and i think overwatch 2 is like a really weird one this year all right so with uh the top 10 order placements uh rod you want to let the people know what's uh in no particular order all right, yeah, no, no, no particular order. Let's <laughs> emphasize. Uh, Nobody saves the world. Uh, Metal Hellsinger, Norco, Neon White, Pentiment, Citizen Sleeper, Cult of the Lamb, Sifu, Elden Ring, and Vampire Survivors. All right, so to pop this off, I feel like just based on the sentiment of this game, of, of, I was talking down on it a couple minutes ago. I think number ten should be Metal Hellsinger. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm okay with it. Well, okay. Yeah, for 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 now. Yeah, for for now. For I think now. there's yeah, for now, for now. All right. Okay. <laughs> I would actually put I would put I I'm sure no one will agree with me here, but I I kind of enjoyed the overall experience of Metal Hell Singer. I think slightly more than Sifu, but but we could put metal. I, I know, I know. But 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 you know what though? The thing is, with when Sifu worked for me, like in the first few levels, I had a shit ton of fun with Sifu. Mm-hmm. I had a really really good time, and I think it was really just that progression stuff. But I, let's do let's do Metal Health Singer at ten. 
for now. Let's see how it looks. Yeah. You know, this man claims to love fighting games. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, we 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 could get into the whole. Is it a fighting game? Because like that that is like a debate. That's a real debate. Uh, <laughs> Who is the bait? All right, you know what? Um. Oh, oh, is that a? Is my doc? Is that Elden Ring number nine? Yeah. Are we agreeing on that? No. Oh. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's see how we can actually do this. I'm going to try to do this. uh... Moving to number one. I know. And I'll do it right up here. There, nobody can save the world. Moving down to nine. You better not. I just uh, did. No, nah, I, 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 I didn't. Right, I didn't do that. I, saw, I didn't. No, do I that. saw the doc snitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for real though, number nine. Um, sorry, I think I messed up the numbers. Of, uh, one, two, three. Oh, I see. I see why. Hold on one second. Nobody do anything. Okay. There we go. Okay. Some jazzy, fun music right here. I know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I know. So exciting for audio listeners. Um, okay. So does anyone, how about this? I'll, I'll pose a question this way. Does anyone feel like, does anyone feel kind of like Chris as far as like, hey, this game should be lower on the list? About anything that we're seeing right now? Uh, uh, try to keep it to stuff that you've played. Like anything, any of your babies, I guess, could be lower. All my babies are already down here, so I don't know what to tell you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they really? Oh, oh, that was not intentional mm-hmm. um, at all. <laughs> uh, okay, I, look. I, I think oh, Neon White could be like a, a s- between six to eight. I think Vampire Survivor. Would I thought you were. This year. I th- yeah. I thought you were on my side here. Um, I am. It's just I. <laughs> Like, I just don't, like, I understand that you can skip the story and all, essentially, but it's still there, though. It's there, but it's not, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's so a non-factor. It's like, I didn't even think to bring it up until last week when you said, oh, yeah, there is a story. I'm actually I said, oh, kind yes. of conflicted. Because I'm the type of person that pays attention to stories, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is trash. What did you say, James? So I'm conflicted now because I was excited because I heard Steve Bloom, but now if he's just talking nonsense, I don't want to. It's just it's 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 very like cringy anime style like writing is what it is like it, like, the, the, like the, early mid two thousands anime writing the the oh, so the conceit uh, well uh, I don't I don't know it seems like it's tell. kind of it, it seems like it's kind of earnest like honestly but but I think the thing that it's just Atlanta I think you're it's not that big of a deal. I don't think the story is like that much of a deal. Like it, it would be a different conversation if we're talking about like Ragnarok or something where the story is front and center and so much of the reason why you push along through that game. It's why I, I got through that game. Like it's it's not that it's not equivalent. Like okay. it, you know what I mean? Like I I think I'm I would be fine with it if you want to put it at a 6 through 8. I think it's top 5, but we doesn't or have to be top 5. five. I, or number 5. Let's do this. Let's do this first. Let's move Vampire Survivors to top five because I do agree. Like I won't have much pushback on that. No, uh, um, I haven't played it, but that's all you guys think. 
Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's good. My okay, let me highlight something though. Before I mean move it. Go ahead and move it, please. But but I do have something about Vampire Survivors. Like, how did you all feel about the the beginning of that? Like, let's say the first, I don't know, five hours that you're playing Vampire Survivors. Cause I didn't like I kind of got it um at at first, or at least I thought I was getting it. Mm-hmm. But realize that, that ramp up speed is is brutal like before you really understand like what you're actually like like it's that it's bullet hell but you're the bullet hell mm-hmm. basically yeah like that didn't really click for me until i was like a oh, decent ways into it and i had unlocked and spent some time unlocking some of the permanent stuff and i was just like oh, okay because i kept getting killed at like i guess wave 10 or 11 or whatever like, um it, with all the skeletons at, at once and i was like well why the fuck is there a hard wall here like i can't do anything but it wasn't until i had to grind out past that point then i was able to sort of see it like did anyone experience that or i feel like i just fell into a really solid build early on yeah same um because i think when i realized it was like the um the bibles the fire water um it was like the bibles the fire water and something else and i was like oh here we go now i'm good Oh, it was the cooldown speed. When I realized how important cooldown speed was, oh, it was off to the races for me. And that did not matter in like the first like or two or three like runs. Honestly. Mm. So really two or three runs. Wow. Yeah, I, just, I guess lucked out. That first one was trash because those daggers are terrible. Right. Almost with the game down. Almost, but I was like, you know what? Something something else is here. Now it's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, because the game doesn't really have any sort of tutorial. It really doesn't tell you anything at all. It just says, hey, just start. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And I was playing it a certain way and not really understanding at first that positioning is very important key to survival, essentially, and that you can play the game basically with one hand. Um, and 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 that's fine. Like I, I like games like that. I like games that that sort of just throw you into the world uh, and expect you to figure it out. That's, that's cool. But um, yeah, there was just a little hump. I'm, I'm fine with it being a top five, though. Uh, but I think the hump was I good though. Yeah, once you get there, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Cool. Um. Okay. Wait, hold on. So, I'm liking some of the placements of some of these games now. Okay, be specific here. What? <laughs> which ones are you? Yeah, like what are you? There's, there's a there's a couple that I want to fight for it to jump up a little bit more. Look at okay. Nobody saves the world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where where do you, where do you want it? That's a top five for me. Sitting on top fives? Hmm. At five. In exchange for. Hmm. I was. I don't. I was. I mean, if you, for neon white. And, oh wait, and it and neon white ends at eight. Well, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be a swap. You just move everything down one. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, put it up there. Let's see what it looks like. Let's see. Anybody else? Now put it up there. Let's, let's see. So what we were sitting at. Number 10, Metal Hellsinger. Number 9, Cult of the Lamb. Number 8, Sifu. 7, Citizen Sleeper. Ah! Yeah, yeah, hold on. Six, Neon yeah. White. Five nobody saves the world. Four Pentiment. Three vampire survivor. Definitely top three. Two Norco and one Elden Ring. Wait, hold on. 
who who moved vampire survivors all the way up to three? What the fuck? Hold on. <laughs> we we said top five. <laughs> well, what? It happened. We did some shuffling. <laughs> and then nobody was number five, so I was like, Okay. <laughs> Why? Are you wanting Pentiment higher than Vampire no, Survivors? No, well... I- me personally, I am fine with that. But I mean, I, look, All right. I, 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 I like it. Wait, 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 uh, wow! That's okay, my you, just, you just blew all of that uh, right then. Um, yeah. Okay, is there really is there no objections to that? Does no one want a number? One? Does no one want a number one other than Elden Ring? Did we really just like? I mean, yeah. I'll be Woo! honest. If we were going by time spent in game, Vampire Survivors is number one for me. Yeah, same. If well, we were going by the amount of time I spent with that game this year. Oh no, no no no! Definitely not. Yeah yeah. So like, I can't I can't fight for number one over Elden Ring. Well, I mean you can't fight. Like that's what this is for. Like if, if you for your for your enjoyment. Like if you feel like you enjoyed it, I mean mm-hmm. that's what we want to so hear. You, like you want me to beat Melania with kicks? Is that what you're telling me? That's what fighting for that's gonna be like. Dude, I beat her on my third or fourth try. She's not that hard. You just gotta understand her waterfowl dance. With kicks. You gotta- so I, feel like, I feel like in the past, our, our number ones have always been something that was like unanimous. Like, and that's, I feel like- that, that, that's what I'm trying to get at here. Is like, does everyone feel... We don't have to have that. You know what? Let's not have that right now. We're, that's number one, right? Mm-hmm. We're, I guess you want to focus on maybe bottom five right now. Honestly, this is solid. I don't have enough to say about Citizen Sleeper to say that seven's a good spot for it, but I've heard a yeah. lot of great things. I want to. Okay, this is probably my opportunity to talk about this game a little bit more. Um, I love Citizen Sleeper. I've constantly gone back and forth between. I mean, it is in my personal list. It's it, when I finished it, I thought this is my game of the year. Like when I when I finished it. Uh, I don't, and I've waffled between between a few of, of these games, um, you know, Elden Ring included. But Citizen Sleeper was so powerful for me. Um, Elden, I mean, Elden Ring. Uh, Citizen Sleeper made me tear up a few times uh, during it. Um, and I want to start this story by like kind of a little background. So last year was uh, was kind of hard uh, for for me personally in my life. I'm not going to go into like too many details there, but like um, it was rough. There was some rough moments there and I played citizen sleeper kind of at the tail end when that year was wrapping up Um, and citizen sleeper is, I talked about it last week, but um, it's a game about you trying to make a life like on a, on a space station alongside other people who are, mostly down and out people who are uh just trying to get by scraping by basically it's not like some prosperous place um it's it's a place that's been pillaged by uh corporations and um it's true cyberpunk in that in that sense if you like the idea of cyberpunk um 2077 or or that sort of media this is way more cyberpunk than that could ever be um because they're actually talking about a lot of the political uh motivations that go into creating an environment like that you're not supposed to look at a cyberpunk environment and go oh that's cool they have 
robot arms for parts and it's like it's it's like no these people have like lost a piece of themselves and some of their humanity because they've sold some degree of themselves to like a to through capitalism basically um there's a moment in citizen sleeper where you have followed a mission i'm gonna spoil uh some of this, by the way, um, but you've you followed a mission where you have been kind of hacking into the space station mainframe a little bit and you discover some um, like being some some sentient uh, AI ish being um, that kind of is behind a lot of the station and you have an opportunity. It offers you at the end of that quest line uh, the opportunity to leave. Um, leave everything behind, leave your body and your consciousness can shift into like, you know, and be a part of the station and kind of be free essentially. And you no longer have to scrounge around to like find medicine for your body to keep it uh, up and, and alive as it were. Um, and to keep it from breaking down. Um, alongside this quest line, you've met a, a botanist. Uh, I forgot her name at this point, but she's like an older woman. She's spent her entire life uh, or at least most of it studying uh, vegetation on the, station and they've created like a commune there where you know they just they they don't need anything um they basically it's all free trade um which is like a very separate part of that uh space station and so she's been kind of helping you along the way um discover just you know other things about the space station and she's with you actually at the time where you're connected to this hive mind to this like this this ai um and she's like hey I'm going to hold your hand. Let me know, like, you know, if you want me to pull you out, like, I can, I can do that. Like, you know, just let me know what's going on. I just want to know what's, I've spent my whole life studying this stuff. Like, I want to know what's going on. Um, so fast forward, you're talking to the AI and the AI is like, yeah, you, you have this choice. I'm never, I'm never going to offer you this again. But like, if you want to, you can like choose to leave your body and your life behind and come with me or you can choose to stay on you know that mortal coil basically and and you can you could choose to live the rest of your life like you know and just keep continue getting by um and and you know and and do that and at the time as a player as i'm making that choice 90 there was like a very small percentage of like i don't want to reach this end state like this this fail state where i can't interact with the game anymore um but I tried to make it true to my character, like as true as possible. And I had unresolved strings left on the station. I had people I wanted to talk to and 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 characters I wanted to to continue helping. I didn't want to just leave them. So I made the decision to continue um, to, to let the AI just, you know, leave me basically. And, and I, I'll never have that opportunity to like kind of find out you know, be this ethereal being um, and and leave my body. And I wanted to stay on the station and the way that they wrote um that sequence was fucking beautiful and it like made me it, it made me tear up like you are holding you know the botanist's hand and she's you know like you feel her warmth like you know as you are you know kind of still in this cold steel you know cyborg body like and it makes you understand and realize that the the things that are important to you in this life are your friends, the people that you form relationships with, the people that you who are around you, like that's what you live for. And no matter how hard things get, no matter how tough things are, you life is 
at the end of the day about forging those relationships. And I thought that was such a poignant message at a time when I needed it in my life the most. Um, and I think that's one reason why I love this game. And um, it, it has, it's chock full of writing just like that. Like every single character in the story has some sort of beautiful moment or moments that are tied to them directly. And I, 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 it's, it's, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Um, if you have not played this game at all, like don't let some of those spoilers, you know, dissuade you, like check this game out. So anyway. So what you're saying is we should bump it up to number six. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Good, good one, Chris. Nice. (laughs) And that's Citizen Sleeper, right? (laughs) Yep. That's Citizen Sleeper. So, so, so here's, here's my question. How, so how, like, on your personal top ten list, where is Citizen Sleeper? It's top three. It's 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 top three, like for sure. Um, I don't know where exactly, like, because there were moments where I was like, "This is the best game I played this year." Um, you know, and then I think about some of my time in Elden Ring, or then I think about some of the stuff in Pentiment. Uh, um, you know, and then Nork, like it, it waffled. It waffled. So maybe like a top four, but I don't know. It's it's high though. It's it's high. Because I'm looking at this list, and I really want it to like encompass what we all like feel like feel about these games, like yeah. collectively. Um, and it's yeah. hard because like we don't all play the same games, but mm-hmm. like I I I go to you guys when I when I uh, want to hear about like certain games that I don't play. So like I I like what like your 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 like your statements on some of these games. Like I like I really hold that high. So. You know, if if you if you feel like Citizen Sleeper should be higher, how how far up would you bump it up? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, I would it's a top five game for me. Like personally, I don't know if my like rant made any sense to anybody, but like uh, like I just wanted to emphasize like how powerful it is. But I mean, again, this is a, this was a really strong game for narratives, and and we don't get like like tr- just transcendent writing in games all that often. Mm-hmm. And to me, I got three of those in Citizen Sleeper, Pentiment, and uh, Norco. Like each of those games had moments where I it just it blew it blew me away. Like in a way that God of War Ragnarok never did. In a way that, like, you know, uh, some other shit that we cut on here, just ne- like Horizon, Forbidden West, like, never did. Like, some of these games that have quadrupled the budget that, you know, any of these games will have combined. Like, it, it's just really powerful stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally think I would like to see it higher than seven, but, you know, I know that you all really like Nobody Saves the World. I haven't played it, so I can't. I can't really argue much against it. Um, and I think it should be high if if you all really loved it that much. So, James, um, would you, do you want to talk about Nobody Saves the World for a little bit? I think I put him to sleep, guys. Cool. <laughs> I muted myself because I had to sneeze. My bad. <laughs> and I forgot to unmute. <laughs> no, all I was saying was I don't know how I'm going to top that. <laughs> But with anything that I like, nobody's to save the world is very much a game game for me, and I think that's where the discussion gets a little bit murky when it comes to us, Rod. Because you mm. obviously had a year with narrative, unlike anything I came across this year. 
Mm. Um, for me, it's always been about the gameplay. And Nobody Saves the World had just such a fun, simple concept that mm. I didn't think I would like as much as I did, but I played for a lot longer. And that's always something that like speaks to me. And you go like, yeah, yeah, this is definitely one of those top games for me this year. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just bounce around a lot, if you mm-hmm. haven't noticed. But that was one of the games I like. I, I'm spending a good week, two weeks with this one. And it was just fun. The writing is fun. I, I, it's that classic kind of like, I don't say like slapstick humor. Chris, what kind of writing? It's fun. It, it's, it's, I, I would say like, it's like a it's like, slapstick. It's slapstick. It's slapstick. Okay. Yeah, like slapstick comedy. I'm not necessarily anything super, like saying anything super deep, but just a fun romp through the woods and and the seas and your shape shifting. Yeah, I don't know. So for me, it like, because I'm I'm the same way with you, James. Where when it comes to like the gameplay and like how it hooks me and what keeps me on that game, like mm-hmm. if if it's a if it's a good enough gameplay loop where like that's getting me, but then it's also the writing too. Like it's, it's it's a good combo for me, like a, a a witty game that like I enjoy, like just like the the gameplay mechanics and everything. Kind of like uh, um that dodgeball game last year. Yes, yes, just like oh that. dodgeball academia. Yes, yep. it felt very similar to that to me. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Which I liked a lot actually. Um, can you do me a favor, Elena? Can you switch, uh, two and three for me? Yes. I, I agree with this. Um, I was okay. about to say, are you are you cool with um, Norco over Citizen Sleeper, Rod? Yeah, that's a good question. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now because I'm thinking like I'd love to see Citizen Sleeper make a five, like a top five, but I don't. What about know between? What I would take out of it. Citizen Sleeper and Pentiment. Yeah, that was what I was going to talk about next. So, like, Pentiment... So, I mentioned before that it's, like, a game about solving murder mysteries over time. But the brilliant thing about Pentiment is that, like, that theme is brought to the forefront throughout the entire experience. Like, it's absolutely a game about how the passage of time influences history and um, and, and how that is like tossed down from generation to generation. So um, I'm going to, I I hate doing it, but I'm gonna have to spoil like something significant in that game. Um, Highly recommend you play this thing, but, but I have to spoil something here. Um, So it's, the game takes place in three acts. Basically the first two acts um, you're playing like a really young uh, Andreas Mahler, like your, your player character. And the he's an adult, but he's like probably early twenties at that point. Um, and then in the second act, you play him. I think several, a few years later, like seven, maybe seven, six or seven years later, or something. In the same town, you come back, uh, and then you solve a different mystery. And then Act Three, you you play as a completely different character. You don't play as as Andreas Mahler anymore. You play as like one of the children that you interacted with, um, like in Act Two. And depending on the choices that you made with that character, that influences who she grows up to be in Act 3 and the kind of things that, like, attributes that she has, like whether she's into uh, math or crafts or writing or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. your presence, like, has influenced this person to, um, you know, interact with her uh, her world and her neighbors 
in a specific way. Um, and I think that's something that's, when I play video games, I think about like, okay, well, what's this thing that only a, a game can do? Um, and that is just a really great example of like, you know, something that is exclusive to games and, and allowing player agency in that regard. Um, one, other, one other cool thing too about Pentiment is that I am very much a min-max player, like when it comes to these sort of experiences, like I wanna see every bit of dialogue, I wanna click on everything and like read every single piece of thing that they've put into the game. Um, and I want all the information, I don't wanna miss anything basically. And Pentiment is built like a game where it never straight up gives you the answer to who killed who, because ultimately it's not important. It's actually not important. And it, that it bothered me at first that it did that. And I was like, well, that's, ah, is there a way that it feels satisfying? And somehow they managed to completely make it satisfying because overall the point is again, time, history, and like the, the reverberating effects that that has, whether it's true or not. And that's just a really fucking cool message to put into your game that like this one dude <laughs> kind of wrote and made. Um, yeah. Sorry. I had to kind of talk through some of that because I wanted to know like, yeah, how do I feel about Pentiment versus Citizen Sleeper? Um, I don't know. In my, from, in my money or for my money, they're really close together. They're like right next to each other. Um, but I don't want to, I acknowledge that James and Chris, you all feel very strongly about Nobody Saves the World. So what I might be willing to do is at least bump up Citizen Sleeper 1. Like, put Neon White maybe at 7. Okay. We'll see what that looks like. Um, and I think I, I think Norco is just, I've talked, I've talked a little bit about Norco already. Like, I think that's just, a, it's just the most atmospheric thing I think you can play in a game ever. Like, it's just, it's just immaculate. Like, it's just, it's just thick with like this noir style, gritty, you know, just completely dark thing. Um, and it's just totally unique. Like, set in the country, but in the future. And I think that that's, it's a really cool take. Uh on some of this stuff. And I think that the narrative ends up like in a really cool place and it's not long. It's like four hours, barely maybe. Um, it's not a long game. Yeah. A lot of these games you shot at are pretty short this year. Yeah. Yeah, they are there. That's something else I noticed. It's Pentiment is a little longer at like, I think 12, somewhere between 12 to 15 hours, but I beat that game in like a week and just playing a few sessions a night. And, uh, it was like borderline addicted and, and it was, it it didn't feel that long, um, but yeah, most of these games are kind of short. Those are my favorite experiences. Something where like I could just go into it night after night and finish it after like a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of those, please. Um, do we need to talk about Elden Elden Ring now? I think we probably should, right? I, yeah. Does it? Yeah. Okay, Elena, you and I didn't really talk about it all that much, so no. yeah. So why why do you feel like it should be number one? Because I think it had the most hype going in, and it delivered on every single front plus more. Um, whenever we both jumped on it, I think day one, we were just so hyped about it, and the world just kept going and going. And they're so 
like each area is so vastly different from the others that you're just like, how does it keep going? And then you unlock more of the map. You're like, why is it so big? How do they how do they create a, such a good open world that's not littered with um, waypoints? It's not like an Ubisoft mm. uh, open world game. And they managed to make a, a mandatory jump button plus riding a horse that they never done in other games before and they done it so well yeah yeah i mean i think you nailed a lot of that i mean this game is incredible it's an it's an achievement like when you people are going to look at this game i think they already are but i think they're they're going to look at this game in a few years and like i think this is the the breath of the wild of like this generation i think like and maybe that sounds ridiculous because Breath of the Wild was only like six years ago, but but there are so many innovations here. Like you brought up the map thing, like that's something subtle that a lot of people just don't talk about. I feel like um, is just how that encourages the player to to explore. Like gives literally gives you a map with with no waypoints on it really until you physically discover those places yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's like brilliant indicators on there like tiny things like you can kind of tell if there's like a uh something to explore or, so, or something of note there but you don't know exactly what it is until you actually travel there um and i i think that's great you mentioned the variety of of landscapes i would like to actually hear like what your favorite moment of of the game is i know mine specifically is just finding that Ciafra, uh like elevator <gasps> Oh my god! For the very first time, when you just when you when you go when you find the elevator, and if you haven't played this game, there's if you explore a forest, there's a little uh, there's a a shack looking thing almost, and you go inside. There's an elevator, and you're like, yeah, okay, sure, I'm gonna step on this thing, and you know it's an elevator, you know it's gonna take you somewhere, and then you step on it, and it just goes, it goes down. And, and it, it goes keeps down. going and it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and going until you get like you're still on the elevator, but it's like the walls disappear and you sort of see that you are underground, but you can see the stars like you can see like almost like you're outside, but it's very clear that you're underground still. And you just what you go, wow, they literally put another game inside of my video game. Uh, and it's just a really immaculate uh, feeling like, you know, design. And, and the feel that you that you get um, and you're excited, but also terrified because you're like, what the fuck is all of this? This is scary <laughs> as hell. But you're very excited to, like, start exploring and finding out what's like creeping beneath like this entire world. I also like the overlook of uh, Lunaria because you're just like, oh, man, I just beat this boss in this castle. Fuck, that was hard. And then you go out, and you're like, oh, my God, there's still more. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, that that Lunaria Lakes um, overlook is is brilliant. And then the um, the city, uh, Lindell. Oh, uh, Lindell's cap- another good one. Yeah, as soon as you like exit, you see the capital and all its well, I guess you know splintered, uh, 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 kind of splintered glory. Uh, like it's just beautiful. It's like this. You're very close to the tree, um, and you're you can kind of see like everything's golden even at night um you know just destroyed beauty it's something that you know miyazaki and and the team at from software just does really really well i think um something that's also great to speak about elden ring was just the uh impact it had just on the culture of just gaming in general um you had you know uh 
I guess just celebrities talking about it. Uh, you had um, just different memes. I think we talked about it last episode where uh, you know, the meme of being maidenless was trending for a while so you know it's not very often like we get games to come out and all you know the, you know they'll trend it'll be popular but Elden Ring it trended in like in the right reasons like there you know there's stories of people like becoming like these characters like there was the, the, the one guy that like plays let with me the, solo her yeah like, plays with like the the pot on their head and will like jump mm-hmm. into people's worlds and like help them beat a boss like so people are so uh I guess they have so much invested in this world that they're like they're doing things like this and they're being recognized by the developers too which i think is cool yeah i mean this it seemed like uh, finally the manifestation of what from software has been doing since demon souls i mean these games have always been about community and it's always been about i mean that's the purpose of the messages on the um like on the ground right is that like it, you're always you're meant to to you're never utilize, alone. like you're yeah you're meant to utilize um you know every, help essentially and it's not something to be deterred and and really i mean the argument could be made that elden ring is almost explicitly uh a cooperative game in a lot of ways like you have not just like human players you can summon or your npcs but but the spirit ally system is like the deepest that it's ever been and it's it's like you know the team the dev team was saying hey we want you to not completely tackle this on your own. Like, don't be afraid to get help or, you know, have someone beside you. Like, I think I've found another spirit summon that I didn't get in my other two playthroughs. Like, I keep finding more shit. Yeah. And that's impressive when you've played for, like, 150, 200 hours or something like that, and you're still finding new shit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, says, that says a lot about, like, the, the scope and just the depth of the game itself that you could really go in and a lot of people like they really role play their characters which i think yeah. is pretty cool yeah yeah you know to that point actually about that um you know i i don't think the game is actually meant for you to find every single thing on one character like it's really brilliant how they made like i mean cuz that's the purpose of them placing golden like more golden seeds than you can reasonably use because they 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 or uh, they thought that or figured they want people to at least complete the game once or go through it once the, their own way. So they they gave you breadcrumbs in so many different locations and so many different possible combinations you could approach it that the game never feels to me anyway never felt overly oppressive as in like like if I play an Assassin's Creed game for instance like I'm gonna see a hundred markers and I'm like oh fuck like I feel like I need to do all of this stuff yeah. and. Elden Ring takes an opposite approach where it's like, do it if you you do, go anywhere, do whatever you want to do, and like if you don't want to do that shit, then guess what? You don't have to do it because every single thing that you unlock is not going to be maybe relevant to your character. So it's like whatever piece of content you want to engage with as the player, um, you're not going to be punished for not pursuing that. And I think that's really cool too. Yeah, and they did make some like, like there's been a couple patches i'm like oh that's kind of handy i kind of do like that like uh there was there was one about the map like showing where npcs are on the map i thought that was like pretty helpful so say if you have to put the game down for a little bit or whatever and you're like oh man where was this character again oh i see them on the map thank you yeah but you still have to put the marker of where they go like where to go yeah exactly 
Worst comes to worst, I mean, I think this is a pretty solid top ten. Oh yeah. I mean, if I had to end it right now, I could live with it. I could live with it. I love to see Citizen Sleeper and Neon White be higher, but I just with what we've got, like, I think this is fine. I don't know how much higher they, they could really go. So, um, yeah, because anything else we would have to really fight for. And I, I mean, and I feel and I feel like I'm. I look at just the scope of like how these games sort of like affect. Like, so you get like a lot of these games on this list. I could say can be inspirations for other games down the road. So I think that in itself, like, is reason enough for these games to be on this list. Um, the Vampire Survivor, just for, like, just its simplicity and uh, just overall gameplay loop, how, like, just addicting it is. And it's addicting, but not predatory. Like, it's yeah. not, like, forcing you to do loot boxes or forcing you to buy energy or anything like that. Like, no, it's you can you can play this on the on your phone for free, and if you really if you want to like pay money, uh, you know the PC version is like dirt cheap. It's like five bucks, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's always great to see. I want to see more games like that, and like you also see a lot of um for a while now before Vampire Survivors was on iOS, you saw a lot of clones and you saw a lot of games that were somewhat similar, but not mm-hmm. quite the level of Vampire Survivors. So it's just it's good showing that that like really put that genre on the map. Um, I say with the the aspect of just like storytelling and everything like that, like this is a great year for it. Uh, Norco yeah. Panamint, uh, Citizen Sleeper. Um, I, I guess the experience of Elden Ring for a lot of people sort of like I guess you could sort of throw that in there too. No, there's mm-hmm. some story in there. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there's story. I think actually think the story is the easiest to follow than it ever has. But I mean, these to True. me these games, to me these games have never been that hard to follow. It's just like the deep lore is just in in the margins, and I think this is the most out there it's been. Like it, or in your face, I should say. Like yes. they're very, they're very explicit about you know you what's have, going on. Because you see Queen America's statue everywhere, and you're like, oh, she's really important. And then you see Radagon's statue. You're like, oh, he's really important. Yeah. And then whenever you see, like, all the other, like, bosses that had a piece of the Elden Ring or whatever, you're just yeah. like, oh, they're very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, so I think we'll call it. Let's, uh... Yep, let's wrap it up. All right, so I guess starting at 10, you can go, go on the list and announce our game of the year. All right, let's do it. Our top 10 games of 2022 are as follows. Number 10, Metal Hellsinger. Number 9, Cult of the Lamb. Number 8, Sifu. Number 7, Neon White. Number 6, Citizen Sleeper. Number five, Nobody Saves the World. Number four, Pentiment. Number three, Norco. Number two, Vampire Survivors. And number one, Elden Ring. Golf claps. Golf claps. Yes, good stuff. That's great stuff. Uh, and that's and that's and that's. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. That is our game of the year, 2022. Uh, shout out to James. We were having some technical difficulties, uh, but he had 
Um, you know, we had lost them towards the end of the episode, but I feel like this is a very good over like overarching like this is what game should i play that like this is our hey these are the, the ten, 10 games that you should play uh all stamped by all of us and it's a solid a solid list not as much blood blast bloodbath as i thought there was mm, yeah i mean i i think this year um at least for like placing who's gonna be top 10 Oh, like going into this. I mean, I've, so when Elden came out, I sort of already knew. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, because it it stuck the landing. Like not a lot of games really stuck the landing that had this type of scope. So uh, or you gotta the, that at least the amount of hype that had attached to it. Yeah. So uh, with that, uh, we can't wait to see you guys on our normal episodes. We're gonna try and um, you know do what we can to to put out in a more consistent basis this year. Um, but you know this is fun. We gotta can't wait to see you during, during the normal, normal episodes throughout the year. Uh, so with that, we are out. Peace. Um, eat your vegetables. Brush your teeth. <laughs> drink more water. Always, always do a backup. <laughs> do, do you remember these, Rod? I I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find the, I'm gonna find the list. I have it. I have it like written down somewhere. You, you don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>